Welcome to the second episode of our series titled To Live, One Must Die. In the first episode that introduced our series, we examined the condition of man and his relationship as a fallen creature to the holy and righteous God. For as a result of human rebellion, the creation was subjected by God to futility. Divine curse was cast upon man and he began to suffer the consequences of sin, death being the ultimate punishment. Although death manifests itself in different forms, this horrendous curse that befell the human race holds man captive. For the sting of death is sin, and man is unable and unwilling to free himself from the bondage of sin. But thanks be to our God, who in his grace has granted us a way of escape. Hence the title of our current episode, Deliverance from Sin. God has set eternity in the heart of man. Hence, although some skeptics reject the everlasting nature of the human soul, a fact affirmed and evidenced by the Holy Scriptures, the manner of life of people of all nations, ethnicities, and languages, even when they are pagans, reveals a keen interest in the afterlife. However, although many unbelievers admit that life after death is a reality, they fully miss the point. Their perspective on the matter is totally deceptive, for what they envision is nothing but a fantasy utterly disconnected from biblical truths. This fallacy is rooted in the rejection of the one true and living God and his revealed truth. They refuse to admit the sinfulness of sin and its deadly consequences. They do not acknowledge man's total depravity. This is a blatant scorn of the person of God and utter blasphemy of his holy name, since God clearly affirms that all people are sinful. Compare Romans 3, verse 10 to 19, and verse 23, and Isaiah 53, verse 6. These heretics deny man's alienation from God by sin, refuse to acknowledge man's inability to find peace with God by human design, and thus reject the means ordained by God to reconcile all things to himself. Since they have a high view of man and hold God in low esteem, they do not understand the holiness of God, nor consider his righteousness and sovereignty over all creation, because they are blinded by the spirit of the age, the devil. Therefore, they deny the existence of hell, 
For they do not see the judgments of the Lord of hosts, nor do they consider his righteous wrath against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man. They deny any possibility of an afterlife in eternal, conscious torment for the ungodly and view the afterlife as a quote-unquote rest in peace opportunity for all who die, good and evil alike. In fact, they fantasize about a heaven where there is no God. There is no such thing as heaven without God. Heaven is the abode of God. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my full stool. Isaiah 66 verse 1 And there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Isaiah 57 verse 21 Therefore, since no one is righteous, there is a need for all to be reconciled to God. For our iniquities have alienated us all from his glorious presence. To borrow the words of Isaiah the prophet, our iniquities have made a separation between us and our God and our sin have hidden his face from us. We are all dead in trespasses and sin from the moment of our conception, thus candidates for hell. All the world stands guilty before the Holy God, and he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Exodus 34 verse 7 On the other hand, no one can be justified before him by the deeds of the flesh. For all our righteousnesses are filthy rags before the Lord. Compare Isaiah 64 verse 6. Therefore, no one can overcome the grim reality of the second death by his own design. Psalm 49 verse 7 to 9 says this about those will put their trust in what they possess. Truly, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of the life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. That is to say, our works can never save us from the pit of hell. No matter how hard we labor, we can never achieve enough to redeem our souls. For we do not possess a righteousness of our own. Rather, we are inherently evil. We can only be justified by the righteousness of God. For if God will graciously provide us a righteousness on the basis of our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, not according to our works, for by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Romans 
And from that moment, we are declared righteous by God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Salvation is by God's grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. God is sovereign. He has a supreme rule over death. He alone can save sinners from destruction. No one is able to save himself from the sting of death. Psalm 89 verse 49 asks the following questions. What man can live and can never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of seal? God alone can deliver our souls from the power of death. For he is the source of our righteousness. God is the only just and the justifier of repentant sinners who put their trust in his Son. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 3 to 4. God sent His Son into the world to be its Savior. Christ came and obeyed the precepts of God's law. He kept all the requirements, that is, the righteous deeds, the righteous thoughts, and the righteous words required by God's moral law, thus fulfilling God's demand for absolute righteousness on behalf of all those who will put their trust in Him. Christ also sacrificed His life for sinners to be justified. To use the words of 1 John 2 verse 2, He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That is to say, on the basis of Christ's substitutionary death on the cross, the sins of those who believe in him are forgiven, and they are declared just by God. Through Christ's incarnation, perfect obedience, and substitutionary death on the cross, God satisfied his demand for justice without compromising his righteous character. On the basis of Christ's merits, God graciously justifies repentant sinners who have faith in his Son. So no man can be justified by his own doings. Romans 3 verse 21 to 26 reads, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God, true faith, in Jesus Christ, for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. After the fall, God promised the redemption of sin for humanity through the seed of the woman. Compare Genesis 3.15 Generations after, he reiterated this promise multiple times through his prophets to the people of Israel, through whom salvation will eventually be available to all flesh. For instance, Isaiah 25, verse 6 to 8 reads, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of metal, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Psalm 98 verse 2 to 3 read, the Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. This promise has been fulfilled in God's own Son the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For in Him, grace was given to us before time began. Compare 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. That is, in eternity past, God predetermined the substitutionary death of Christ on the cross in order to redeem humanity from the bondage of corruption and death. And when the appointed time as ordained by the Sovereign Lord had come, Christ the Lamb of God willingly gave himself for us to redeem us from, from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Titus 2 verse 14. God sent him to bless us by turning away every one of us from our iniquities. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness shall dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
Colossians 1, verse 19 to 20. Christ is the only one who can save sinners from spiritual deadness and help them escape eternal destruction. He is the means designed by God to reconcile all things to himself. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die declares the Lord in John 11, verse 25 to 26. Christ is the source of both physical and spiritual life. Is he who created all things? For he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. John 1, verse 2 to 4. Christ is the Prince of Life, the Author of Life, the Supreme Being in whom all things dwell. Nothing came into being apart from Him. He gives us the breath of life, and He alone saves us from spiritual corruption by cleansing us from our sins. Christ raises us from spiritual deadness. He will also raise the dead bodies of all people on the last day. And to those who died believing in him, as well as to believing Christians who will see his return, he will give eternal life, thus saving them from eternal destruction. But those who reject Christ in this life remain spiritually dead, and at the second coming of our Lord, they will face the second death, the eternal torment in hell. All the ungodly who have died will be raised for judgment and cast into hell with their fellow unbelievers who will still be alive when the Lord returns to judge the world. God sent his son into this world to ransom us from the evil ways we inherited from our forefathers. He came to fulfill the law of God on our behalf, and he died for the sins of all those who will ever believe in him, that they might be set free from the bondage of corruption and escape eternal destruction. As Paul writes in Galatians 1.4, Christ gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Hebrews 9 verse 12. Therefore, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. Colossians 1, verse 13 to 14 reads, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. 
Christ is the greatest revelation of God's grace and love to mankind. As the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 3 verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4 verse 9 to 10. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that one can be restored to life and overcome the grim reality of the second death. Psalm 68 verse 20 to 21 reads, Our God is a God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belong deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. Christ is the means by which sins are forgiven and reconciliation with God possible. He is the life and the light of man. Compare John 1 verse 4. He came to rescue those who sit in darkness, to help them pass from death to life. 1 John 5 verse 11 to 12 reads, God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. In Christ, we no longer bear the guilt of sin and we no longer incur the penalties for violating God's law. This does not mean, however, that Christians have the right to sin against God. Rather, it means that what was once held against us has been atoned for. For the full penalties for the sins of all who will put their trust in Christ were paid for by him through his death on the cross, and his righteousness was imputed to them. Being cleansed and justified before God by his precious blood, we pass from death to life. Christ graciously imputes to those who have faith in him his own righteousness and they are no longer guilty before God. As Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But all unbelievers are held captive by spiritual death. There is no life in them. Therefore, they will end up in the fire of hell, where they will feed on the wrath of God forever, because they have rejected his Son. John 3.18 reads, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, 
because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. If you have not yet repented of your sins, I urge you to do so right now and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be caught up in lies and deceptions. Hell is real. Judgment is coming. Do not be fooled by those who think that man can earn access to heaven by his good works. Also, don't be seduced by those who claim that because God is love, he cannot send people to hell. It's true that God is love, but God is also holy and righteous. As a holy God, he has established a standard of absolute holiness to which all men must conform. And to escape divine condemnation, you must conform to this standard of absolute holiness. For any violation, any sin brings about judgment in time and eternity. Furthermore, God's holiness and perfect love justify his hatred towards sins and unrepentant sinners. Thus, God punishes everyone who refuses to abandon their evil ways. Nahum 1 verse 1 to 2 reads, The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. Verse 6 to 8. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire and the rocks are broken into pieces by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. But with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of the adversaries and will pursue his enemies into darkness. In Psalm 5 verse 4 to 6, we read this testimony concerning God. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doors. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord upholds the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Anyone who spurns the incarnate word of God, anyone who despises the gospel of Christ, condemns himself to eternal destruction. Christ came and fulfilled all righteousness by his perfect life. He satisfied God's holy justice by his substitutionary death on the cross that sinners through faith in him might be forgiven and reconciled to God. This was ordained in eternity past by the Father. Compare 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, Titus 1 2, and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7. Whoever wants to escape judgment, whoever seeks life, 
whoever desires to overcome the green reality of the second death must embrace the way of righteousness designed by God, that is, repentance and faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. For sinners are saved by the work and merit of Christ the Lord alone. If you are an unrepentant sinner, you stand guilty before God, the King of the universe against whom you have sinned. And the price for your sins is too high for you to afford. I urge you to humble yourself before God, seek forgiveness in the name of His Son, and He will give you life. Stop shaking your fist in the face of God. Stop clinging to your good works, lest you wake up one day in hell. There is no hope for those who dishonor or deny the existence of God. Anyone who rejects God's Son and reviles His Spirit is without excuse. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by the unrighteousness suppress the truth. Romans 1 verse 18 What awaits those who reject the Son of God is the second death, an everlasting conscious torment in the pit of hell. Christ is the only way to salvation. There is salvation is no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4 verse 12 Call upon the name of the Lord today. Acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you cannot save yourself. Cast yourself on the mercies of Christ. Do not hold on to your pride. Do not cherish the sinful desires and lustful passions of your flesh, lest you be held by the stink of death forever. For to live, one must die to sin and embrace Christ as Lord and Savior. For as Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 6 to 8, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It's only in Christ that one can be justified before God and escape hell. I urge you not to despise the grace of God and His love revealed to us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let God's curse remain on you forever. There is no forgiveness for those who trample on the food, the precious blood of God's Son. God sent His Son to redeem sinners from all lawlessness, to save them from judgment, divine wrath, and hell. Anyone who despises Him will perish. There is no escape for those who rebel against God and despise His Son, those whose God is their natural desires. Borrowing the language of Acts 13, Verse 40 to 41, I declare to you today 
If you have not yet embraced Christ as Lord and Savior, beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. Stay tuned for our third episode titled, To Live is to Die to Self.